0: Hey, everybody.
1: Welcome back to the Matt Report. As always, your host, Matt, and you are smack dab in the middle or thereabouts, maybe maybe closer to the end at this point of the web design and web redesign series uh, or story arc as it's known in the Matt Report uh, podcast. Covering everything from you know planning a web project, launching a web project. What is the budget that people should be you know thinking of as a client, right? If I've got some cash together, uh, what what is it going to take for me to relaunch my brand, and, and why am I doing this? And then talking to the service providers of you know budgets from that five thousand to fifty thousand dollar range, and what. It, what, it, what goes on behind the scenes from the service side. So I uh, hope you're enjoying that. I uh, hope, hope you're enjoying this new season and this new series of podcasts. As always, it's mattreport.com slash subscribe. Join the mailing list. It's the number one way to stay connected. And today, Carson Mc, uh, McComas excuse me, uh, of Shopify Custom uh, joins us to talk about using Shopify and, oh boy, not WordPress. Sorry, folks. <laughs> uh, we're not talking about WordPress. We're talking about Shopify. But he's not the only guest that's joined uh, the the uh, archives of Matt Report to talk about Shopify. There's been a whole host of others, so it's great to hear from another Shopify person. So without further ado, Carson, you've got the stage. Give folks a two-minute elevator pitch who you are and what you do.
0: Hey, Thanks, Matt. Um, that sounds great. I... Uh, I run Shopify Custom um, as you mentioned that what we really focus on is um, Shopify specific development as you might imagine from the name. Um, and we really kind of cater to that what we call premium Shopify customization work um, and we're really focused on doing an exceptionally good job. We work with um, clients who and, and typically when I'm when I'm working and, and working a lead and, and talking to a client, I'll figure out if if that level of excellence that they're looking for, Um, is there. And if so, that's kind of who we tend to work well with. Mm -hmm. Um, Typically, it's folks who've got um, a little bit of a budget. So, I mean, we do some, you know, startup folks that are just, you know, mom and pop starting off. But typically, uh, it's folks who've got some budget to invest in and letting us really um, kind of do exceptional work.
1: Sure. Yeah. And we share a, uh, a mutual friend, um, Andrew Udarian of the e-commerce fuel podcast. Yes. yes. Uh, I don't know if he's your friend, actually. I mean, he is, he's just yes. a client. Okay. Yeah, he,
0: he started out, uh, you know, I, I met him because of his amazing e-commerce fuel uh, blog and I joined his community. We kind of met through there, M- happened to meet in person and started a friendship and then he became a client. Yeah. Nice. I think I realized in retrospect, he was, he was testing me out to see if I was going to be a good good service (laughs) provider for him. Uh, But I I think think the friendship's sincere. We'll see.
1: Yeah, that's great. So when Andrew joined uh, my podcast a few episodes back, we talked about that, right? We talked about why he went uh, from Magento to Shopify and sort of the uh, the reasons behind that. He talked a little bit about WordPress, but he had mentioned that, you know, he was doing a, re- a redesign of the website uh, in the $50,000 range. And I said, you know what, I, I got to get the guy or the team that's doing this so that we can sort of unpack that. Sure. Uh, but before we do, a lot of folks in my audience, of course, and, but in the WordPress space, they've all fallen into WordPress some, some way or another. How did you fall into using Shopify as your agency's cornerstone of technology?
0: Well, that's a good question. So you know i've I've been at this game for you know professionally as with my own agency um, for almost fifteen years. Um, and back in the early days we we would build e-commerce solutions from scratch for people. Those were painful days yeah. um, but we, we we did that um, for for quite a number of years. Yahoo stores kind of came on the scene about the time we were doing that and that was just such an abomination we we didn't even, uh, get very far with that, and kind of stuck with our own platform. We started kind of watching Shopify and by we. At this point, it was me. Um, I was just running a one-man shop. I kind of kept my eye on Shopify. They were doing some pretty interesting things. And um, in I don't know, like 2004, five-ish, somewhere in that range, maybe a little bit later. I had a a client, Madsen Cycles, who um, wanted a store, and I was like, well, do I do I you know use this system that we've built? Um, or do we take the plunge with Shopify? And we kind of felt like at the time that they had been, they had come far enough along that it was worth a try. Um, so I, I built his shop on Shopify, um, and was pretty impressed with how nice it was to work with and just so many things that my own solution didn't have, order processing mechanics and payment shipping tie-ins and all sorts of stuff that, um, that I didn't have on my own. And um, he, the client was was quite happy with it, and it ended up being a pretty nice looking site. Shopify picked it up and made it one of their um, demo sites that you know that they showcase. So if you came to Shopify and they said you know there was a link to to see other sites, uh, we were one of the featured ones on there, and that um, that garnered a fair bit of traffic to his site from from people looking for stores. And at some point, I was like, well. <laughs> I, I should do something about that. Um, so I talked to my client and he was willing to let me put a little link in his footer. Um, uh, you know, the site was built by, by me. And so I started getting leads through that. And the more I did that, the more I realized, you know what, this is, this is, this is going somewhere. Shopify's taken off. Um, I absolutely adore the platform. It's so nice to work with. Um, and so we just kind of built from there and it's, uh, in, anymore. We used to do not just e-commerce. We'd do, you know, build websites and all sorts of stuff. We did some WordPress stuff. Um, but we really, anymore, it's just pure Shopify now.
1: That's a, that's a great backstory. One, I, I don't want to turn this into a WordPress versus Shopify uh, sure. podcast, but I, I do want to definitely talk about some of the differences and why, um, and why you've chosen Shopify. One of the ones that you, one of the things you just said right there, being able to build a site, And launch it on the Shopify platform, and then Shopify sort of feature you, much like the App Store, you know, sort of thing, like Mm -hmm. you've got featured app or app of the month, whatever they call it. That's amazing, right? That's amazing for a service provider, for a consultant to be able to get get that kind of exposure, right? Because it brings in much more uh, business. That's something that's certainly. Yeah, it was non-existent in the WordPress world.
0: Yeah, it was. It was a. I don't want to call it a lucky break, but it was a lucky break. You know, it was. It was pretty fortunate that uh, that we ended up getting exposure from that. I think. I I don't know. I'm. I'm a little bit of a slow learner. I think I I probably would have. I I hope in time I would have figured out that specializing on Shopify was going to be beneficial without that little nudge in that direction. But um, Mm -hmm. it definitely helped.
1: One of the things that you know, I, I know for the. I know one of the reasons why I use. WordPress for my agencies, of course, it's the same thing that everybody says, right? Plugins, the community, you know, the uh, the open source nature uh, of WordPress. But for me, aside from those benefits, uh, one of the things that would scare, not scare me, but something that would have to make me just at least pause for a moment. And we actually did, I shouldn't say, like we did a, a Shopify, we did two Shopify projects like when we first started and we opened up our agency probably about, I think, eight years ago at this point. Okay. And... Um, uh, the only thing I would give me a pause is it's it's a platform that I'm building on and I don't have control over that. Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Uh, that's my biggest concern with Shopify versus WordPress. W- what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, you know I think that's sort of the hosted versus you know host your own um, dilemma and I and there are valid concerns, I think uh, with that closed system and certainly people have some some complaints about it you know I I mean my my thought is you know shopify has kind of you know, the, the, I I don't know in the in the early days before software as a service was you know very very common. Um, I think there was more anxiety about it. Um, I I I think if I had a client who had concerns about that or a lead, I would sort of unpack what those concerns were. Like why why you know what are the what are the specific concerns about being on a quote unquote closed platform? The only ones I can really think of are um, you know them keeping your data, which They don't. You can get your data out anytime you want. Um, And then the other one might be just a lack of flexibility from a development standpoint. Mm. So really Shopify has, um, their system is open enough and gotten more and more so over time that there are very few things that we can't do with Shopify. Right. Um, So I, I feel like both of those limitations are, you know, they're there, but they're offset by, you know, the concerns of you know, hosting and upgrading and security concerns and PCI compliance and all the stuff that, that you would have to kind of worry about on your own if you're if you're hosting your own solution. So it, it, the, the scale tends to, for me anyway, um, it, it tips toward going ahead and enjoying that, the, the benefits of the hosted solution, even with the downsides.
1: Yeah. I get into this conversation a lot with my marketing uh, friends, uh, especially my marketing friends who <laughs> who just live and die by Squarespace. And Square SquareSpace, for anybody who doesn't know who's listening, is another hosted solution for building out uh, websites or brochureware sites or blogs that kind of thing. I think they're just getting into e-commerce now. Yeah, they are. Uh, um, but you know, for me, it always comes back to, well, especially for my marketing friends. There are things in SEO. You know, if if you're trying to rank or you're trying to do web marketing or you're doing conversions and funneling and all that fun stuff, there are there are gonna there is gonna be a come a time where you're gonna need control over. You know, the template of a page, uh, you're doing a special promo for a landing page where you're trying to measure something with, you know, some outside service like a mix panel or, you know, something else that you're going to measure your funnel with, uh, you know, and, and, and for SEO page speed, you know, control over the template, all those things. Uh, are going to come into a play, come into play, and eventually the marketer hits the wall. Where oh man, I guess we should have just done this on WordPress to begin with, <laughs> because oh, we would have yeah. had control uh, over that stuff.
0: Yeah, you, I mean, I, I, I,
1: go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. With I you. was going to say, do you find yourself running into that situation, and and maybe do you have customers that run the shop on Shopify, but maybe the blog or the the marketing side of the site on WordPress?
0: let me answer both those questions um the, the, the first question i don't i don't honestly run into a lot of this there I, I feel like um there's enough flexibility with shopify i mean i can with shopify i can i can, I can kick out a page that's you know one character you know so you have got plenty of flexibility in terms of that template um and, and kind of working with that integrating third-party solutions in there for tracking and whatever that's no problem mm-hmm. um so i feel like i can probably do most anything somebody i, I mean I, I haven't had once in a while, somebody will throw me a curveball and I'm like, yeah, you know what? We can't do that with Shopify. But it's usually very sort of, um, I don't know, like like if somebody wants to build their own eBay out of Shopify, like that's not going to work. <laughs> right. um, and I'll, right. get a, I'll get questions like that occasionally. But in, in terms of the straightforward stuff, it's usually, you know, it's, it's usually not a problem. Wow. Um, sorry, what was the second, I've already forgot. What was the second question you asked me?
1: Um, if you, if you found people running the marketing and blog side on WordPress or maybe another oh, yes. CMS. Okay.
0: So, you know, it's funny. I, I mentioned that Madsen cycle site, um, that, that would, that I built originally. Uh, I actually only put the shop link in his nav on, on Shopify, the rest of the site. Um, I actually hand built, um, and it, and so there was this sort of the split and split URLs and all that. Um. I, I I've we've since rebuilt his site all on Shopify and I occasionally I'll get clients that do that um, especially if they've got an established blog and SEO you know juice going to it already um, we'll keep their blog over on WordPress and build everything else on Shopify. There's no question about it. WordPress is a far superior CMS to Shopify, especially for blogging and content. Like if you're a content business, Shopify um, is not a great fit. If you're an e-commerce business, Shopify is a great fit. So and, and if you're both. I don't know. It's, I I would probably talk through what you need from WordPress and see if we can do it on Shopify. And if not, then we might split and do, do a WordPress piece. But you know, the, the downside there of course is that you're splitting page rank across two URLs and and there's some, there's some downsides there too. So we kind of usually weigh those out anymore. I I, used to be, I do, I used to do more split sites than I do. Um, anymore. We, we pretty much do them all on Shopify now.
1: That's awesome. Um, the big e-commerce, uh, the big dog in the world of WordPress is WooCommerce by WooThemes. um seemed to be really exploding, and they had their first conference uh, in San Francisco right before WordCamp San Francisco back in October. Um, have you run into, or have your clients started requesting, or you know maybe comparing WooCommerce to Shopify? Have you looked at it? Um, are there some things that you like in that space that maybe you wish Shopify did, or anything like that?
0: Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I have to admit some 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 ignorance about the ins and outs of WooCommerce. I'm, I'm aware that it exists. I've I've um, you know I've got. Uh, folks, clients who who have WooCommerce sites, but I haven't been deep in it enough to uh, give real intelligent responses to a comparison there, but um, I don't, honestly, I don't get a lot of people that come to me and are looking at WordPress at WooCommerce as an option against Shopify. I mean, they'll look at BigCommerce against Shopify. They'll look at, occasionally look at Volusion, although that seems to be fading. Um, Magento, um, WooCommerce doesn't typically factor in that. I don't know if it's just because they've sort of decided they want open source, and so they don't even consider mm-hmm. Shopify. So I don't see them, mm-hmm. or or if it's just um, you know the nature of the of the clientele that I'm working with. I don't see a lot of WooCommerce um, comparisons coming my way anyway. Yeah. I mean, w- once in a while, somebody like you know, why don't I just build this on WordPress? And I don't even know if they realize that WooCommerce exists. I'll talk through them uh, about that a little bit. Um, and again, I'll assess their needs. Are they a content company? Are they a commerce company? Um, mm. But that's that's probably Is, as much as I know.
1: Sure. Is there a, like a uh, a larger player in the in the maybe either hosted e commerce world uh, or self hosted e commerce world uh, that maybe folks might not be privy to? Like I, I'm I'm pretty sure like Magento has a commercial offering, right? Or a
0: Yeah. Although those are all shutting down. Um, Oh, are they? Yeah, they've built, so they had Magento to go, which was a competitor to Shopify, Mm
1: -hmm. um,
0: which they've since shut down or it's imminently shutting down. Um, I'll just look it up here real quick. I think it's gone on February 1st. Yeah. So it'll be gone in a few days. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be done. (laughs) Um, so, um, there are, you know, I think the only, the the serious contender against Shopify, I would say is probably big commerce. Again, I'd, personally don't think it favors, I don't think it compares super well to Shopify, but it's certainly an exceptional, I mean, acceptable platform and lots of people build good stuff on there. Um, There's AmeriCommerce. There are a few others that are out there, but Shopify would say has probably got the most market share and the most visibility right now.
1: Sure. One of the um, main points of this conversation is talking about uh, sort of these larger projects, right? And when I talked to Andrew, uh, from e-commerce fuel. You know, we mentioned that there was the $50,000 budget and we're going to get to that uh, soon. But as somebody who's been in this for quite some time, you know, bring us down the path of, and, and we use the word tolerable uh, <laughs> for, <laughs> in the pre-show, um, bring us down the path of a tolerable budget for where you're at today. And and we talked, you're you're trying to get in your sweet spot is that thirty dollars to $50,000 project. We're going to talk about what that means to you. But, you know, from the time that you started 15 years ago you're still doing 5 to $10,000 projects today what does that look like and how do you say i will take this on you know $5,000 customer but here are the expectations for me so how do you set that stage
0: yeah it's interesting so if i if i were to divide up the leads and I, i've actually sort of tightened my funnel a little bit so that i don't get a lot of the um Sort of one to three thousand dollar project inquiries, even one to five thousand dollars. I, I, I get a few of those, but not a ton anymore. Um,
1: mm-hmm. Is there but, one thing? To, can you just unpack that a little bit more? Sure. Like, how did you tighten that funnel up? What does okay. that mean? So, too?
0: so there's two things. So, I get I get leads from two primary locations. One is from I'm listed in the Shopify Experts directory, mm-hmm. um, and I've been in there. I was one of the very first ones in there, and so um, I, I I get pretty good leads from there. In there, I put that my minimum budget is ten thousand. So that that tends to um, that that has tightened the funnel on that end, and then folks that'll come to my site typically from referrals um, or you know press exposure or something else. Um, and when they come to my site, if they it, it doesn't take long to hunt and find my rates, and in there sure. I say that my rates are between ten and fifty thousand. So it. for the most part, that that tightens my funnel up. Um, I'll still get folks that'll get referred to me and not hit my site. And so they'll come to me and I've, I've kind of got to figure out where their budget is and, and, and see if we can help them within that budget. I think for the most part, um, so there's, there's kind of the, the, the mom and pop startup just getting going folks. And, you know, the market's got lots and lots of those, we all know them. Um, they tend to be, you know, I, my heart goes out to them. I, I, I love them and, and, and I think they're great. They're, they tend to be a little bit more challenging to work with as a client, mm-hmm. um, especially for the kind of stuff we do. You know, we've kind of got a pretty developed system and, and process for kind of hitting higher end work and they don't tend to fit very well in that niche. And so I'll, I'll typically in, in the process of talking to them, I'll kind of figure out, you know, are, it, it, if a thousand dollars is a big stressor for them, probably not a great fit. Not mm-hmm. not because we can't help them for that, but because um, they're going to be so sensitive about it. I will put a I'll put as much energy into making them happy at at three thousand dollars as I would somebody at you know fifteen or twenty thousand dollars. So right it just doesn't make sense for me to do that.
1: Yeah. Isn't so that internal process uh, of like discovery and scoping and layout? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, okay.
0: Yeah, exactly. So we'll go through all of that stuff. And honestly, we can't afford to do a ton of that. We just don't have the the budget to do a ton of it. So, right. you know, either the result is kind of inferior um, or they're frustrated that we did, they didn't get better care. Um, mm. You know, so it, it usually it's not a great fit from that perspective. I, you know, I think kind of at the, you know, we, we probably start realistically, if somebody doesn't have about $5,000 to spend, it's probably not a great fit. Mm. And and in the five dollars to $10,000 range, um, you know, we're going to, I think if I could compare it to the WordPress world, we're probably going to find a theme um, and work from a theme as a starting point that gives us a, 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 a head start in terms of development time um, and kind of morph and, and evolve a theme to, to match what they're looking for and maybe focus more on their marketing goals and 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 doing things for them that, that help them reach those marketing goals instead of, you know, a, a, a ground-up build from a development design perspective.
1: One of the things that I say when, when folks ask me, uh, you know, questions about running a, a client services business and, you know, one of the things is always like, you know, how do you determine, and I want to use what you just said right there was, you you know, relating it to picking a WordPress theme and using that as the foundation of a project happens you know, ninety percent of the time, people are coming in and saying, "Hey, can we just use this this theme?" And and then all of a sudden, the client's like, "Yeah, I love this theme. This theme is perfect." And then <laughs> you go know, to build Bye. it, yeah. right? And it's like, "See you later." We should have started from the from scratch. Yeah. So, a couple things here. Uh, one, how do you control that expectation? Either by communicating. To the point where the theme is a theme and that's how we're going to stay in between these lines. Like, do you technically circle things and say, this stays, this stays, this stays. And, oh, this area of this white space, this is where we can make changes. Do you kind of package it like that? Or what I was uh, trying to get out before, when people ask me about running my business and client services and like all of these different things, I say sometimes it's this is the game. Like there is no magic bullet to outlining that stuff. This is this is part of client services. It's just stuff that's always variable and it's just par for the course. So, is there a real technical way to outline that theme uh, that you that you use in your business, or is every client different? And even though you tell them nine thousand times, it still ends up being a question. You know, halfway down the project. Yeah. <laughs> You know,
0: I think, I think to back up just a little bit, the, the first, the first time I have a discussion with somebody, I, I, I'm trying to learn a few things. Number one, I, I want to know what their budget is. So I, that always comes up in the first phone call. Um, I just need to kind of get a sense of where they are. And sometimes they're a little shy about sharing that. So I might say, um, based on past projects, here's kind of a range of, of, of projects that, that might be similar to yours. Are you in that You know, is your budget within that? You know, some people say I don't have a budget, and then as soon as you start to talk money, all of a sudden they definitely have a budget. Uh, (laughs) Everybody has a budget. Everybody has a budget, whether they want to share it or not. I think sometimes people are concerned that if they tell me their budget is, you know, twenty thousand dollars, and I would have done it for ten, that I'm going to charge them twenty. You know, of course that's absurd. I would never do that. But it's, you know, it's helpful to understand um, what their budget is up front. Once I do, I I try to also understand, you know, the, the things I want to know: budget, timeline. To make sure that we've got the availability to even do it. And then to get a pretty good idea of what the scope of what they're looking for is. So oftentimes they'll come to me with, a, like you say, they'll come to me with a theme. Um, and I'll just, I'll, I can usually tell, you know, we'll, we'll talk for, you know, 30 or 45 minutes on the phone. And, and, and they'll have a theme and they'll have some goals. And sometimes they don't have those goals really developed yet. And they need to go work on that. Or I can help them work on that. But usually, I can kind of tell. Is what we're trying to do? Is it possible within within what they're what they're you know what, what that theme can do? And often they'll come and they'll say, you know, the theme doesn't do A, B, and C, but we want to do A, B, and C. You know, what will it cost to kind of evolve the theme to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll pitch. Typically, I'll pitch doing some design polish to that so that it doesn't look like a theme um, out of the theme store and and some of that, but. Um, I I don't, I, yeah, I don't know if there's a, I don't know if there's a, a a magical way to, to line that out. Um, I, I, I typically tend to set expectations. I try to set them a little bit lower than we can deliver on, um, just to give us some wiggle room. And so we can kind of blow them away when we really do it. Um, and, and
1: so. Yeah, I mean, the best way that I, that I've sort of presented it and the only way that I can. Uh, you know, offer advice to those who are thinking about that process. And, and one of the things uh, that Carson mentioned earlier was, you know, the uh, $5,000 client will not get the same attention to detail in like the discovery process and the research as a $50,000 budget uh, client. Uh, and if, you list, if, you, if you're just joining in in this story arc of website redesign, you got to go back to the beginning. Um, and I'll certainly link it up in this post. You got to go back to the beginning and listen to uh, my series of discovery calls with Angie Meeker, right? That, that kicked off this whole um, this whole segment of doing a proper discovery, outlining goals, outlining the, the project goals, um, defining the customer and all that fun stuff. So definitely check that out. Uh, but the best thing that I've been able to do is tell people, look, we have to do a discovery process, right? And in fact, I am going back and forth with negotiations Right now, for a smaller project, it's five thousand dollars, and it's the same thing. It's it's based on a theme, but I can tell the client still doesn't understand that we have to stay eighty percent within these lines because otherwise, we're just building something from scratch, and the five thousand dollar budget isn't going to cut it for us.
0: Yeah, because
1: of the, because there's so many moving pieces, right? Um, you know, yeah, and yeah. T- tell me if this is a fair you know a fair assessment. A lot of the times, what I'll do is. And maybe this is a WordPress thing, um, but a lot of people come in. They've already had. Maybe they've had a site already. This, like this is this is the person who already has a website, right? This isn't like a brand new thing. Like they're not discovering what Facebook is. Right. <laughs> they <laughs> they have a website already. But uh, typically, they've dealt with a freelancer in the past. Uh-huh. So their mentality is, you know, I'm I'm talking to this one person who I'll be talking to forever. Um, but when you get into the boutique. Scenario or the boutique boss man, as I call it, um, there are there there are more salary caps involved. <laughs> there's right. uh, my salary for uh, being the, the owner operator and, and sales uh, front facing person. There's my project manager, and then oh by the way, there's the designer, the developer, and at least one support person that you're gonna that you're gonna touch along the way. Uh, and we have an operations person too that sort of keeps all this stuff in track. So the point of that is, and I try to relate this to the customer is we're an agency. There's a lot more moving pieces, um, and it just there's just a higher level of cost. Do you ever relate it that way to like my cost, or do you just say you know what these people are just not a good fit for me?
0: Um, I feel like if I'm if I'm selling the 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 price that hard. Um, yeah, <laughs> it depends. It depends on how hungry I am, right? Right. I mean, if I'm hungry, I'll, I'll work on it. I'll work on selling that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do. I do try to avoid getting real deep on that if I can, just because they're not. They're probably not a great fit. Um, you know, and and that, that's an easy thing to say. Again, if I'm hungry, I'm working on them. (laughs) I'm talking to them. Well, you know, I'll, I'll explain that stuff. And really what I'll try to do. And, and, and sometimes I think as service providers, we get, we get a little too bit in the weeds of Mm. this is what the theme is and this is what's editable and this is what isn't. And honestly, a client oftentimes they don't care. Like they just want, they just want to put money on this problem and have it go away. Mm. And so (laughs) You know, by the way, those are the best kinds of clients that, that yes. kind of feel that way. Um, so if I can kind of get them to that stage and and just let them, you know, exude the confidence that we have that we can solve their problems, get to the root of their problems. What what is really what are you really trying to accomplish here? If they're trying to micromanage the font size and the and 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 the the color of the links and all that kind of stuff, I mean. Ugh, that, that that's going to be a little bit tough. If they've got mm. goals and I can get them there, I can talk about the goals with them. Like, why are you doing a redesign? You know, what wh- wh- what what is not working about your other site? What are you trying to accomplish with your new site? Um, what matters to you? W- if I can evolve the discussion to those factors, at that point, we're not talking about, honestly, they don't care that it's mm. a theme. They care about that we're solving for their problems. If I can evolve the discussion to that, it tends to go better. And, and if they're receptive to that, then I think we're going somewhere.
1: Yeah, if they absolutely. Can, if they
0: can never get receptive to that, like they essentially want to build it themselves, they want us to be, you know, puppets for, for them to kind of build their site. <laughs> uh, that that's just again, we provide too much value to do that. It's it's you know, it's 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 hiring us at a high rate to do something that they could get somebody on ODesk to do mm-hmm. hourly if they're going to micromanage at that level. So
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's, and, and honestly, that's one of the ways, again, for, uh, there's nothing wrong with being the consultant or the solopreneur. Um, and there's nothing wrong. I'm so glad you said it. And I think, I, I don't even, what, I'm, I don't know what number this show is going to be, but it's going to be like 115 or something like, like that episode number. Um, uh, but, in 115 episodes, you are the first person <laughs> to finally say, if I'm hungry enough, I'll take it. And it's such a cold, hard reality in the client services world because it's all cash flow driven and seasons come and go. Sometimes, you know, you're, you're booked out 90 days, 120 days. Other times you're not and you're, and you need to pull in work. That's right. Um,
0: that's exactly That's the reality of it for sure. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep, yep. I am I am so glad you brought that up. The, uh, and then like what I was going to get to was if a client does approach us and there's like, absolutely. Cause we sell WordPress themes, right. From $39 to $59 and, and they'll buy the theme and then they'll expect us to like go in and, and customize the entire thing <laughs> for them for, you know, for the 50 bucks. Um, and we'll give them. You know, we have a couple package things that we offer up that will say, hey, look, you know, it's, you know, 1500 bucks, and we'll do this. And it's just like real quick, dirty, like bullet, mm-hmm. bullet point list. We install all of our plugins. We move it to their hosting environment. We do all the optimization, all that fun stuff. Nine mm-hmm. times out of 10, those folks are like, oh my God, I could never pay $1,500, yeah. which is fine. Um, and then we just direct them to like the jobs board on WordPress, right? Yeah. Uh, and then I've had people come back and say, I went and I hired somebody and it was, awful. It was an awful experience. They didn't listen to me. Um, they didn't speak English, uh, and you know, nothing got done and they took 200 bucks from me and it, you know, it never got finished. Can we, can we talk about this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. all right. So let, us get into, into, um, can, the can, larger I, can bu- I
0: mention one more little thing yeah, on there sure. in terms of, so I think sometimes if you, you know, I just, I just, I just hired a guy, um, a, a little while ago and, and as he was kind of getting acclimated to our culture and what we do, he said, you know what, this is, you guys are really interesting. You guys really care about what you're doing. And mm-hmm. I said, you know what, that's a very astute observation because that is exactly the culture we have. We care. Right. If there are people in your, you know, I, I'm assuming your audience, is, I, I hope they all care. But mm-hmm. the difference between somebody who cares and somebody who's just trying to, you know, get, again, I, I don't want to disparage folks that are just starting out or whatever. Um, but if you care, if you really put the, you're exceptional you are exceptional and and you 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 can charge a little bit more for that you need to charge a little bit more for that you yeah. can't care for $200 you just can't <laughs> it's impossible you've got right. to you know you got to you've got to pay the bills you know so you do need to get that that the, the budget up to where you can match how much you care to what they need um, and if you can find if you can find that fit and really that's what the negotiation price negotiation is about is trying to find you know can i do as much as you need me to do and really care about it at the budget you you're presenting. If not then we need to scale back, you know, what you want us to do or we need to increase the budget.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean it's a home run home run with that statement. The, the way that we introduce that to our clients uh, early on in the in the project, especially when somebody just emails us and you know gives us that typical like ten bullet point outline uh, <laughs> of their project, and they're like, okay, how much does this cost? Right. Uh, you know, I'll I'll, re- I'll respond with our belief doc, you know I'll, with the welcome email. Here's our you know here's our portfolio. Here's our price range, and oh by the way, attached is our belief document that explains to you who we are and how we expect to work together because we're we're not always going to be a good fit Um, and the document actually starts off with a quote let's go you know go let's go far together and it's very much that's what we want to do like we don't want to just be the one-off shop and we build something for you and then see you later we definitely want to be there for you to grow um, you know and bring your stuff to the next level so um, definitely some good takeaways there.
0: That's a good idea I like that idea I might steal that.
1: Perfect. Hey, go for it. <laughs> um, I'll send, I'll, I'll actually email you the belief document when we're done. Yeah, love uh, So you can take a look at it. Uh, from a 50,000 foot view, no pun intended, what does the $50,000 project look like, difference or the differences of that $50,000 project to the $5,000 project? Do you have some ironed out system uh, or, or outline you go through every single time um, that says, you know, here's the introductory. Here's the discovery. Here's the wireframing. Like, what did what is what are the major differences in these projects besides more pages to design?
0: Well, I can tell you, it's very easy to tell the difference, and this is one of the reasons that I love e-commerce. By the way, the difference between those two projects are one of them's making money, and the mm-hmm. other one's probably not yet, or if mm-hmm. they are, they're not making very much. So, you know, the the the, the fifty thousand dollar project, there they've got revenue. They're successful. They're moving forward, and and they're they're going to be easy to work with because they're running their business. Um, they they probably got pretty good ideas about what they want, and their needs are much more evolved than somebody who's just you know posting a flyer out and hoping hoping that they can get something. You know we're not we're not building MVPs, um, right. Minimum viable product from lean startup. We're not we're not building MVPs. We're building. You know, we're building the next stage of their, of their business to, to really help them. And, and, and what we build will pay for itself in mm-hmm. short order. So that, that's how you can kind of tell the difference between the projects. Um, I, I love like, – like if I get – I'll tell you, if somebody comes to me and I can tell that they're, that they're making money – and they're, they're 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 a successful business that they're growing, and they want me to do a five thousand dollar project. You know, obviously the scope needs to match. Even if they want me to do a three thousand dollar project, I, I'm going to engage with them because this is a company who's growing. This is a company who has revenue, and for them, it's not a big deal to spend that money. Um, those those are definitely. I mean, that's the sweet spot. We all want to work for them. <laughs> that, that, that's definitely where we all want to be. Um, but as 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 you talk to a lead, you can kind of tell which side they're on. If if they're in that fifty thousand dollar and thirty to fifty thousand dollar range, again they've got revenue, they've they're growing. This site is going to pay for itself. They've typically got enough experience in the industry that they they kind of know what they need. They've got goals, and they're trying to address some problems. Mm. Um, and so those are those are very fun to talk to, very fun to work with. Andrew Udarian's a great example. So. You know, we'll we'll talk through, and yes, we do a whole discovery process. Sounds like you've already um, had podcasts about that. So we'll do a whole discovery process um, where we're learning about them, their brand, their market, their products. Um, We're also going to talk about specific needs that they have for the store. So on Andrew's site, for example, he needed a, a wizard where people could select their vehicle and then have the shopping experience after that catered to their vehicle. Um, so we'll talk through, and and he had a bunch of different things that were kind of like that. And so we would talk through what those different needs are and we'll, we always go through, um, with a client like that, we'll go through a wireframing process. Um, we use Balsamic, which we love, um, and we'll, we'll wireframe out what each of those screens are like and what the mechanics behind those are. Um, we'll get the, the designer involved to obviously to help bring that to life and, and we're going back and forth with the client and then off to development and, and, um, Testing and, and that so.
1: Yeah, the um, for the for the discovery process, do you have something that that you've created and sharpened over the over the uh, decade and a half you've been doing this, or is it some you know uh, you know some kind of proven method that you've kind of copied from somewhere else? Like a I don't want to say MVP, but that was we just mentioned that, but something like a lean canvas of sorts. Is it some kind of proven thing, or is it something that you've kind of cra- crafted on your own?
0: You know, I, I would say. Th- I, I don't have something – I haven't borrowed anything. I think it is probably the former, you know, something that we've just kind of developed over time. It's mm-hmm. a set of questions. You know, usually – you know, with, another nice thing about e-commerce is, is, is um, there's, there's – it's a pretty narrow flow. Um, Mm. You know, e-commerce is, you know, it's, 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 it's category pages, it's home pages, products, it's product flow, cart checkout, all that kind of stuff. They're, they're all, there's a lot of commonality between all projects. Mm. And so typically we'll start with those and kind of establish those as a baseline. And then we'll learn about now, what are the specifics that your business has? Or maybe we'll start with the specifics, but really it's just a, a process of. You know, me asking questions and I'll kind of go, I mean, this sounds a little too simplistic, but I'll kind of go template by template through, you know, what, what do we need to do on the homepage? What matters to you? And, you know, here's what other clients have done. You know, tell, tell me sites that you like. What are they doing mm-hmm. that you like? What doesn't your current site do that it should? And, and, you know, so we'll just go through this discovery process, almost template by template. We try to be a little bit more holistic about it than that. But that's a good framework to kind of start from. And and just kind of what are the what are what are what are the segments that your site needs to address, and and what are the specific needs for each segment?
1: Sure, one of the things that was uh, concepts that was getting thrown around the end of twenty fourteen, and, and I think we'll probably carry on for the next six months uh, into twenty fifteen is value based pricing. one of the things you mentioned was. You know uh, the biggest difference of these five thousand to fifty thousand dollar projects is the five thousand is very much not making money yet. Uh, right. the, the the owner doesn't have uh, a way to set ROI because they're just launching this, and I and I do want to get into ROI. But um, the fifty thousand dollar project, there's there's revenue, there's ad budgets, there's marketing, there's probably a team of people. Responsible for this, you're not one um, degree away from the owner, or maybe you are. But the point is, is there's there's probably some kind of internal process on the c- customer's end that says, yes, we can justify this cost. That's um, right. That's the exactly point right. Of, the point of this is, do you, uh, when you do your pricing, are you uh, do you buy into the value based pricing? Like you notice your customer does seven figures in retail sales through their site. So you are going to charge, you know, 8% of that, 10% of that, whatever that number comes out to, um, are you, are you basing it on there? The the expected value of that.
0: I, I, w- I wish it was that easy and maybe I just am not good <laughs> enough at it yet. You know, I know, right. I know there are, there, there's great schools of thought about that and I've read the blog posts and the, and the eBooks and, and listened to the podcasts and stuff too, um, I, I would almost say that that budget is kind of value based. I mean, ultimately on my side, I mean, i'm 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 looking at the I'm looking at cash flow. I'm looking at books, I'm looking at time, sure. you know i've I've kind of got you know we we've got to make about this much in a month to cover costs and, and, you know, anything we can get above that, give us a little bit of a war chest to draw from, to do some internal stuff or to, you know, have a little cushion or whatever. So I'm definitely kind of considering all of those things in there. I'm also, again, I'm also talking to the client about, budget I'm kind of getting a sense from them on what they're ready to spend on this. Once in a while, I'll have a client come to me and say, you know, my budget's 15,000. I'll say, you know, we can't even touch it for, Probably less than thirty, uh, um, and 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 then they've kind of got to chew on that and decide and that might d- break the deal or it won't or, or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I I would I, w- I I'd, I'd, I'd love to say that value based pricing we I've got that sales flow nailed. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I do. I mean, if somebody's I, I have a client right now is a, definitely a many multi million dollar company. They're a big company, um, and you know. I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to come in and say, look, this, this website's going to be, you know, $200,000, which for them would probably be doable, but I wouldn't get the sale because sure. they, they, they're, they're talking to others, you know, they're exactly. talking to other providers and the other providers are going to say, look, I didn't do it for 25, you exactly. know? And, and so, I, you know, I also have to, I, I, am competing with, with those folks. And so I, I can't be, I mean, if I was the only person anybody ever talked to, I could maybe value price, but I, I try to value price. Again, I try to, like I mentioned earlier, I try to have the discussions about what we provide oriented toward their goals. Um, and one of those goals, obviously, is ROI. And so we'll talk about that. But at the end of the day, um, you are kind of, even even if it's an apples to oranges comparison in the marketplace and they don't realize that, I've got to make the case that I'm an orange, that I'm better than an apple and why I might justify that cost. But I can't be you know, 20x yeah. the apple or they'll just go with the apple.
1: Yeah, we, we spoke about this topic with John Hawkins uh, in this very same story arc of one of the co-founders of Nine Seeds. And we talked about the value-based pricing and how I think it's acceptable, especially if you consider yourself a consultant. Um, even Again, even if you consider yourself the, the boutique agency, which um, I would categorize myself into. But w- we are getting more into higher ed. Uh, higher ed uh, clients. We are getting more into the corporate world of clients. In fact, we've, we've actually had a lot of corporate clients over the years, and value-based pricing would just not fly with them, right? right <laughs> there's yeah. no th- there's no way I'm showing up um, and doing a pitch deck for them and saying, you know, based on your revenues and your expected growth, <laughs> we are going to price this at 200000 And look, I grew up as a car salesman, right? So I, I'd have a field day with that stuff, uh, but it just wouldn't fly in those environments. Um yeah. I think if you're talking to maybe another marketer or a startup business and it's not an overly comp, you know, I think you can take with value-based pricing, you can certainly take a customer's expected budget of 1500 bucks and turn that into 5,000, right? Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that because like you said, you're providing $5,000 worth of value and you should be pricing it at That's that. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think in those more, more competitive spaces, uh, it's a lot more difficult, right? Yeah, um, yeah. which probably changes. It, it probably changes down the spectrum when you become an ad agency uh, or if you plan on becoming an ad agency or start getting into that because you're competing with like creative and other ad agencies. So now you want to hire the best person, no matter what the cost. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So it probably changes eventually.
0: Yeah. Once in a while I'll get, I'll get that, that dream lead that says, look, yeah, this, this is, this will cost whatever it costs. We've just got to have this happen. Yeah. Um, and, and, and those are great to work with and you know, they might be in a hurry and they, they might trust you. I'll tell you I think I don't want to gloss over that trust thing because I think that is a big factor in being able to charge more money. So, mm-hmm. you know, if some if somebody's going to risk, you know, e- even for a big company, you know, take this client I just mentioned a, a minute ago who are a multi-million dollar company. I'm working with somebody that's, you know, not in ownership. They're they're, you know, um, somebody down the line on the org chart and great 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 guy to work with. He's the marketing guy. Um but he can't risk $30,000 of company money and have it fizzle and keep his job. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, he, he's, he, this has got to work for him. Um, and so I think, in order to get to that, what's worked for us to get to the point where we can charge more is, is obviously building a portfolio, building trust. You know, we've got. Um, you know, when, when, when I, when I work with a lead that I, that I'm, that I want to close and I can tell they're going to be a good lead. I actually have a three page document of references that I send them. Mm. Um, w- once in a while, you know, y- y- just sometimes just sending that the client will be like, okay, you know, they're, they're good to go. And, and, and if not, it's funny, it just, just last month I had somebody go through an email, every single person on that <laughs> yeah. reference list, yep. which was hilarious. I mean, that was awesome because every one of them gave me a glowing review and it helped. Um, but I think, I think, building credibility with a good solid portfolio, have a, have a decent website that shows your portfolio that shows the kind of work that you do. Um, d- people, if they're going to invest that much money, even if they're a multimillion dollar company, they've got to be confident that you're going to be able to deliver for them. And so that's yeah. really primary sales job. Number one is to, to give them the confidence that their, that their investment in us is either not going to make them lose their job or look bad, but at a minimum, Um, that they're going to get it back, that the result is going to be exactly what we said it would be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's great stuff there. You know, there's especially in the, in the the picture that you painted about, you know, dealing with somebody down the org chart that can't lose their job on this investment. There's also within that, you you know, as a, as a piece of advice for folks listening, I'm very much into opportunity costs too. So I'm negotiating right now and I, and I think we're going to be signing a contract. Um, with a very large client that could, you know, <laughs> could throw like could probably throw like five hundred thousand dollars at us without even blinking. Um, Those are good a two, ones. Th- nice. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but but this is not for <laughs> but not for that price, right? It's right. It's, it's actually for a two thousand dollar project. Yeah. With the understanding of I've got everything mapped out and I know that I'll, I will take this on the chin, uh, sort of speak, because I know there's much more opportunity in there once. Uh, we knock this this project out of the park. That person, trust me, you know this person, same thing. In the marketing uh, department, I know that if we do a great job on this, there's going to be you know, a, a better reward long-term, right? And that's what I'm going for in that situation. I, I, um,
0: I, think, that's really, I think that's really wise, and I, I'm, I'm prone to do the same thing um, anytime I have an opportunity. In fact, with Andrew Udarian is a good example. Mm-hmm. My first engagement with him was for five grand. I was doing wireframing for him, just going through the discovery process. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for the client, this bigger client that we've got right now that I mentioned, um, I initially did some consulting in the lead-up to Black Friday to help them get their existing crummy site Ready to go for Black Friday because you know the other <laughs> site was going to take forever, um, you know, and that was just a couple thousand bucks. But again, it, it gave them experience with me. It built that trust, and a lot of times before people are ready to drop the big, you know, dollars on on a project, they need to gain that trust, like I mentioned. And you gave a perfect way to do that. You know, mm. little 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 starts. You know, hey, let me let's just let's just you know let me let me do fifteen hours for you. Um, we'll, we'll work on this little problem right here. We'll kind of see how that goes. And if, and if things go well, then we can talk about more. If, if you can see that they're a little yeah. nervous about it. I think that's yeah. great. That's a great advice.
1: Yeah. And, and, but he, this advice too, if a customer comes to you and says, hey, there's going to be plenty of go- yeah. plenty of gold at the end of this rainbow. <laughs> Thank you. That's yeah. what you say, no, no. That's right. <laughs>
0: yeah, like, no, you're right. Yeah. Dead on. Yeah. I'm, I'm
1: going to stay clear away from that. Yeah,
0: no, it's, that happens a lot. You know, we're um, going to grow. And when we do, you'll be, yeah, hmm.
1: let's move into the final chapter of this uh the fifty thousand dollar project do you set any kind of uh i know we never really want to promise anything but do you set anything uh from the get-go about measuring roi you know be it uh, an improved like google analytics funnel or is it any projects that folks have said wow i am now 5% 5% more revenue because of this. Have you run into anything like that? Do you, you set know, that expectation? I, I,
0: I don't set that expectation because there's too many things that are out of my control. Sure. Um, you know, product and customer service experience and all that. I have done engagements where we'll do, and I, I don't do this anymore, but in the past I would do engagements where we would do a marketing piece for them. Um, and we would do AdWords or we would do um, social media marketing. In fact, we did that for Madison Cycles for a year. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll do some of that. And, and at that you know, we'll work with them on ROI. And typically, I would tie my compensation to ROI. Um, But I I don't do that a lot anymore. And honestly, anymore, we're, we're, we're building, we're more building sites and solutions, rather than sort of ongoing ROI focused stuff. And, and typically, honestly, a lot of times they've kind of got ROI in mind before they get to me, and I'll I'll help talk that through with them. But yeah, I'm, Again, I'm careful not to promise stuff as you mentioned because I just yeah. I don't know too much stuff sure. out of control.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the things I notice, um, shifting gears a bit and just talking about your your agency uh, in general, maybe uh, you know getting these these good leads um, and finding the right customers. I noticed that you have um, the drip campaign pop up on your site. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that uh, something that's working out for you? Building a, a, a way of onboarding customers—is there any strategy behind that? Has this worked out for you? Uh, your thoughts?
0: You know, it's—you're—you're it's, <laughs> you're, you're identifying an area that I really want to do better about. Uh, it's one of my <laughs> 2015 goals. In fact, I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm in the process of putting together a new a new drip campaign. Now, this has been good. It's—it's—it's it's, it's been helpful to sort of again build credibility. I've definitely had leads come from that. So just to, just to back up the, my drip campaigns related to SEO on Shopify. Um, so I, I, I definitely get people who subscribe to that. They'll, they'll go back and forth with me a little bit over email. Um, or they'll, if nothing else, again, it's, it's free. I I actually don't do a pitch in there. I probably should. Um, but I, it's just, it's building a relationship. And then, and then I've got that email list. We sell uh, we sell some stuff. We call them add-ons. They're not apps. They're they're one-off things that we build and install in their shop, and then they've got it. Um, it's kind of like an app, I guess. Um,
1: and and is, is there an ecosystem for that? Like, are, are you making uh, revenue off of that?
0: You, no, yeah, definitely. So there's not okay. there's not a Shopify ecosystem for add-ons. Again, that's my term for it. Um, they've got their own Shopify's got the app store, of course, which is very robust and and. F- Full and a great ecosystem. Lots of people are making lots of money on that. Um, but no, the, these add-ons are just things um, that that will come in. You know, we'll put a we'll we'll put an Instagram um, widget on their site that that pulls in Instagram mm. stuff or or you know stuff like that. So the the add-on thing so that building that email list gives me a chance to kind of reach out to those folks continue to add value and let them know about some of our other stuff um, I haven't been super good about nurturing it like that again that's one of my 2015 goals to do that um, but it's 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 been it's been good and I also think it helps build credibility and you know, if you come to my site and I've, I've got a, a, a seven day crash course on SEO Shopify um, it's like, okay, these guys are, it helps them with that trust side of things. Like these guys are kind of the real deal or it's, it's a way for them to kind of test me without engaging me. Sure. Um, and this, and the guide's pretty good, you know, I get pretty good feedback from it. So the people go through that and at the end of it, they'll say, Hey, you know, I was, in fact, I just had this happen last week. You know, had a guy call me up and say, Hey, I, 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 I went through your, your email course a, a while back and, and now I want some help with something. So it, it, it helps.
1: Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I've been running drip for a little while now. We got a nine, nine part course for uh, building the perfect WordPress website. And it's, um, I can't say it, it converts really well. I it, actually, I shouldn't say we've been running it that long, but probably running for like the last 45 days. Um, mm-hmm. so it's probably still too early to tell cause I feel like those things are much more evergreen and, and they really come back yeah. three, four months later. Um, until this morning, actually, I woke up and I got an email <laughs> from one of the people because uh, I think one of the last emails in this series is like, you know, I don't know, like it's just like a follow-up thing that says like, you know, how, how are things going? Have you had a chance to try it? Uh, what are you building with with your WordPress site? <laughs> and he said Somebody nothing. Yeah. He just said nothing. I want you to stop emailing me. <laughs> oh, great. Well, you got, you got some feedback. <laughs> right. So, okay, there's, there's my feedback. You might not have converted, but hey. Yeah. Um, and I just sent back a smiley face. Um, That's funny. One last piece of advice for anyone building an e-commerce site for anyone, be it on the Shopify platform or WooCommerce or WordPress in general, is there one uh, takeaway or piece of advice you'd give somebody in the e-commerce world uh, for either, you know, here's what you should definitely focus on in e-commerce for either your client or some kind of industry movement. Uh, What one thing do you want to leave people with today?
0: Yeah, I I think the one thing I might leave people with as service providers is to remember that our our clients don't care about about 80% of what we care about. Um, (laughs) You know, they're they're trying to accomplish a goal. They're trying to meet a business objective. Um, I think sometimes we get a little Wrapped up and excited about the technology behind it, or the specifics of you know WordPress versus Shopify or whatever. Um, cl- again, clients don't care a ton about that. I mean, you get the f- occasional ones that have got a little bit of a you know a technical background or something that might get into the weeds with you on that. But for the most part, I think it's just remember that we're providing solutions to problems. If we can focus on learning what those problems are, um, then you know we we can cater our solution. I would I would almost um, <laughs> excuse me, I would almost abstract the solution away from them just a little bit to make it more approachable for them. I th- I think I've found that doing that um, kind of puts their mind at ease. It helps them trust you a little bit better. Um, and they tend to be easier to work with because they're not in the weeds sort of um, directing little technical things that don't matter.
1: Absolutely. Carson McComas, where can folks find you on the web to say thanks?
0: Um, I'm on Twitter at Carson, C-A-R-S-O-N.
1: That's an awesome Twitter name, by the way. thank you. Yeah,
0: (laughs) thanks. I I got in early. Yeah, you did. Got that on Instagram too, so it's pretty exciting.
1: My lead developer got Scott when he signed up, so it's at Scott. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, hey, this has been a great conversation. Uh, I can't thank you enough. Um, definitely some great perspective here. I hope everyone uh, learns something. And go check out the site, uh, shopifycustom.com. Sign up for that uh, SEO campaign on Shopify. It's something that I'm actually interested in learning. Yeah, great. <laughs> to, to see how, uh, how you can do that on that platform. Shopify, I tell you, after this discussion, it's very interesting. Um, and I think that people should keep it on their radars. Um, you know, unless you're completely invested in, in WordPress, uh, if you're still in that sort of uh consulting freelance or even boutique phase and you are very agile, I'd give it a go, right? Why not? Um everyone that I've spoken to so far has has loved it and is really profiting off of it. So check them out as well, shopify.com. Everybody else, you know the drill, mattreport.com slash subscribe, join the mailing list, stay connected, and we will continue this series. Um of web design shows. I think two more episodes after Carson. And one of them is going to be uh, interviewing world renowned designer Rafal Tamal of Studio Press uh, and Studio Press themes. He's been designing for them for quite some time. They'll be talking to Pippin, who's actually Pippin Williamson, uh, of his redesign of Pippin's Plugins.com. And he's very well known in the, e- in the digital e commerce world for digi- uh, easy digital downloads. So that's going to be an interesting chat. Everybody, till next time, we'll see you then.